Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Our sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for small town, small batch roasted to order coffees. And use the coupon code TOPBREW to save 25% on your order. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my world-renowned friend of coffee roasting internet fame, Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I, I don't feel world-renowned, but thank you for the, uh, the, uh, the compliment. Well, I don't think anyone who is world-renowned can feel it. It's not a force. It's not going to push you over. Oh, well, then I guess I am. It, but your coffee will. Speaking of the coffee, we have some very tasty coffee today. Uh, let me lift up my cup from the floor. What we have here is pour over coffee. We and do. that's what we're going to be talking about. We are. And specifically in relation to one of the uh, coffee culture fan favorites, the Hario V60. Right. What would you call it? A coffee maker, uh, a, a dripper for starters to need to give people the mental image. This thing looks like what? It looks like a little Chemex. Oh, okay. That, and that's, that's how I kind of tended to think of the, of the V60. It's a, it's a, um, it's a more everyday use Chemex. It's, okay. it's, it, but it's the same method, I guess, pour the coffee in, in the top of the hourglass shape and it drips through the paper filter into the bottom, whatever that is. If you could put, put it directly into your cup, you can buy a, a V60 that has a server with it. So it kind of looks like a, like a coffee pot with a handle and a spout and everything on it. Um, that, well, the Chemex actually is like, it's all self it one part server, one part dripper. Impossible to clean. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The, and they don't sell like a special brush to get down inside. Uh, yeah, of there I think they do them. actually. Do they? Yeah. The Chemex brush. Y- y- yeah. And, and you really almost need that thing. I mean, how, how do you get, isn't it an electric brush? No. Okay. I I don't think so, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that they that they do. In fact, they they sell things that you can that you can drop in there and like swirl around. Oh yeah, like pipe um, cleaners that you can bend one way or the other, something like that that, that you can. Um, but w- one of the many reasons why I'm not a huge fan of the of the Chemex is just a little bit too. Um, it's a little bit too finicky for me. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about the Chemex on another episode of Top Brew. Yes, we did. Link will be in the show notes. Yep. That's going to be at uh, topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 24 so that you can get that link if you want to check out that other episode where we went in depth into the Chemex. And the thing is, I didn't think at the time that we necessarily needed to talk about the Hario V60 mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't really, I had not really grown to appreciate the significance of this dripper in the coffee culture just yet. It's, it's, it's very popular, but it's not something that everybody talks about. And when they talk about it, they kind of assume you're already in the loop. And that you're already a user. It. Yeah. That, that, you know, what, what it, what its mystique is. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a valid, you know, a train of thought because I think anyone who grew up with a particular coffee maker just assumes that that's the kind of coffee maker that everybody knows about. Right. And so what I was thinking about when I saw the Hario was, you know, back to, you know, my old days, you know, the growing up, I remember the coffee maker at home was actually an electric drip. It always mm-hmm. was. And it always will be back at my parents' place. You know, they have the French press, but they don't really use it. And then my sister who lives in the home right now, she has an AeroPress and uses it every day. And they're just mildly amused there, you know, <laughs> by the, what, whatever the heck she's doing with that thing. But what the uh, what the Hario is essentially doing is it is the non-electric version of the electric drip. Mm-hmm. When the, the electric drip just puts a shower of hot water down on the, the grounds, it runs through the paper filter while well, it steeps there in the grounds inside of the paper filter, 
with enough water though and saturation, it starts to drip on through and goes down into the carafe. Yeah. So th- that's basically what you have with the Hario, except that nothing about it is automated with the electric po- components. Yeah. If you think about an electric machine, the only reason why you need the electricity is A, to heat the water up and then B, to, to keep it hot, to power the hot plate. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, the actual brewing itself doesn't require electricity. And maybe C, that, to time it so that it will automatically go, uh, set for you. And oh, yeah. Go yeah. And so that you can have off. the flashing 12 in your in your kitchen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes. The flashing 12. Uh, show title. What we were thinking about with the pour order, though, is that it's all hands on. You know, you got your water kettle, you've heated the water yourself, you're going to pour it in as a steady stream of your own accord onto the grounds, in, uh, which are sitting inside of your paper filter, as you see fit slow, so you don't overflow and not so slow that things grow cold, and the steeping uh, takes too long. But you, you know, it's a manual hands on process, just like it is with the French press and the AeroPress and the Chemex. This uh, this idea wasn't it all started with Ms. Melita Melita Bentz Melita Bentz yeah yeah I think she 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 kind of crafted the pour over right she invented the 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 uh, the drip concept that you you slow down the the coffee in the grounds with with a paper filter and a smaller hole at the bottom so you essentially pour however much water in the top and it's going to slowly drip through down into your into your uh, into your containment unit i mean people were making coffee before that yeah but but it it was was mostly percolated or it was mostly immersion what's the what's the word i'm looking for not theory but that that method is essentially replicated with the chemex it's it's replicated with the v60 it's replicated with every her her ingenuity her invention her yeah her idea of 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 drip um a pour over whatever you want to call it you're, you're, you know, whatever side of the filter you're, you're concentrating on. If you're looking at the top, it's a pour over. If you're looking from the bottom, it's a drip. Yeah, there's really nothing else quite like it in the kitchen. There's nothing else you, you cook. You don't prepare soup this way, stew yeah. this way, meats this way, anything in the culinary arts. And so she actually got the thing, not copyrighted or patented to my knowledge. She but did. She, she did? Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so her pourovers became a thing. And now you have the Melita Coffee Supply Company and you can get their paper filters at any kind of grocery store. And they still, you know, make their own coffee drip makers and such. In fact, here, Wikipedia, of course, where all made up information on the spot comes from. The patent registration that, that, that Melita Bentz got was for her filter top device lined with filter paper. Okay. So it was essentially just... Pour over is, is a little bit easier to say. Yeah, well, see, and that's one of the things, too, when we were doing uh, a little research. You know, we, we do research for the show. A little bit. I found that the the term pulver is often called just a drip brew, mm-hmm. and some some people would know it as drip brew, but I, I don't especially care for that term. I prefer the term pour over because it sounds a little bit more manual, whereas drip brew is something that sounds a little bit more all encompassing. Like I would think of the electric drip as a a uh, drip brew as well, and so a pour over and an electric drip would both be classified as drip brew. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, it's, it's, you know, potato, potato. It's, it's really all the same because the electric drip is pour overing water for you in, in the electric machine. So, so you're still getting the same result. Yeah. I, I think, I think pour over is more of a reaction to that idea in the, in the public psyche. When, when you talk about drip coffee, people automatically think of a machine 
They, yeah, and, and, and kind of like and when why you say we pour use, over, it sounds more manual. It sounds like something that, that you're doing rather than, than letting the machine do the work. Yeah, like craft coffee. Why do we call it craft coffee? Right. Well, it sounds more hands-on. It right. sounds more man-made. It, it's kind of like the hand-spun milkshakes at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like, what, what does hand-spun mean? Right. Literally, it's just like the, there is like a, a, a sort of like a dowel rod that is spinning really super fast while it's churning the ingredients of their frozen ice dream stuff with fruits and such in a cup. You're not spinning your hands and you're not spinning the cup. The machine is, but the someone is holding the cup while the, the contents inside are mixed together. I don't even know what hand spun. I mean, I, I, what is that supposed to yeah, mean? I, I, that's it, it, that sounds like no, a like a uh, like a, a term you'd hear that that a seamstress uses, right? It's and it's like it's yarn or something. Not. Hand spun, hand spun <laughs> sewing. That's how that's how spiders make their webs. They're hand spun. Craft clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Hario V60 is made by the Japanese company Hario, and they were founded in 1922. They specialize in heat-proof glassware, and that's what their website says. So you know it's true. They make drippers, they make coffee drippers, they make kettles, they make servers. I wouldn't even think of the Hario V60 or using one without its its server, really. Yeah, yeah, but you can just buy the dripper and and and, and pour use it your, own your own cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think I think Hario is kind of like the uh, like the Pyrex of Japan, like a heat glass company, and. They just make all sorts of different things. The you know the V sixty just being one of their one of their products. It is, and it's probably the one they're most well known for. Right. I mean, like they make tea, you know, crafts, mm-hmm. and they they have a cold brew product as well for coffee making. But you don't know them especially for it. Right. So so the way that I if actually you know them at all, you know them for the V sixty probably. Yeah. The, when when I discovered the V sixty, it was because. People on the internet and coffee culture websites, they would refer to the V60. And I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah. And for a while, I was just- Is that some sort of transporter? It's a, it's a Volvo, right? <laughs> and I, I didn't know what it was. And I, I just felt like I was out of the loop. I had really no earthly idea. It sounds high tech. The, I want one. Yeah. Really does. <laughs> um, it must be better than the 40. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 the it's so much more advanced than the V55. So let's go ahead and get into like our my original impressions of the V60, which all began yesterday. Now, I had read about V60s, and I had heard other podcasters talk about V60s. And then you'd mentioned that you were using it at the office one day, and I guess yeah. it was a couple of months ago, that we were looking at it while we were actually using the French press for some taste testing. Mm-hmm. And I saw your V60 on the counter, and... I didn't recognize it because it was red and I didn't especially recognize the, the server because I, looking at the server, it actually looked like something that would be used with an old fashioned electric drip coffee making machine. Yeah. It does look a little bit like a, like a throwback. It's, it's it uh, does it, it, a throwback to like, like the seventies or sixties. Yeah. And, 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 but then I didn't recognize the V60 because it was, it was red and it was made of plastic. Right. And uh, the, what I had, uh, assumed was the Hario V60 was ceramic and white. Yeah. Probably when, when most coffee nerds talk about their V60, they're talking about a ceramic dripper that they, that, that doesn't have a, that doesn't have a, a pot or a, a server underneath it. This one I like, especially cause I, I use this all the time in, um, in the, in the roasting facility for, for, for cuppings and for tastings and other things like that, because I have dropped the, the, uh, the dripper several times and our, our the floor in the in the in our in our roastery is concrete. So I would I'd no. be on my third or fourth V60 uh, dripper right now if if I didn't have the plastic one. 
And after you run you know, several batches of coffee through it, it doesn't, I can't, I can't tell. I have absolutely no notice of a Residual plastic flavor. plasticky yeah, taste. Yeah. It, it, it tastes fine to me. I guess ideally I would like to have a, a ceramic one, but practically I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just going to break them because they're, 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 you know, our floor is very unforgiving. So, so the plastic works great for me. I drop it, it bounces, I pick it up and I use it again. That brings to mind that my wife actually uses a Starbucks-based product like that looks a lot like the Hario, but it's all made of ceramic. Mm-hmm. And the top portion, the dripper, is actually very solid, and it's specially designed to fit a specific kind of coffee mug. Okay. And you might be able to brew three uh, three cups worth of coffee in a single you know mug full of this coffee maker at a single time. If I, I've often wondered, like it's a very solid piece of ceramic. It don't drop it on your foot. Heck no. <laughs> and it, it, it's essentially the same principle as the Hario. Man, like the way we just drop our phones. Like if we have problems dropping our six hundred dollar phones, you get you realize how often we don't even really think about it. Like just as people, we we drop a lot of stuff. Right. And the fewer glass that I can I have to deal with on a daily basis, the better. Right. If if you're depending on your coffee maker, you don't want to have to worry about getting the replacement when the next cup of coffee time rolls around. So you just have the plastic one. You, you don't have to worry about it breaking. Yeah. If I was worried about breakage on the whole thing, I would say something about the glass server itself. But the glass server basically stays put on my scale the whole time. But I'm constantly moving the cone to get the coffee grounds to to wet the paper filter to to do this and that. So I'm I'm using the the cone around more than I am the bottom. So it, it's more likely to break because I'm handling it more. I'm I'm hmm. I'm traveling around the the roastery and our our test kitchen more with it than I am with the glass base. Huh. Interesting. And if you got multiple servers, then you could theoretically be making more than one brew of coffee at a time. Because yeah. you just have a very very large kettle and maybe you're serving three or four people and these servers don't take up a lot of shelf space. No, and that's that's the really nice thing about about this particular one is it's super cheap. You, you said could, it was sixteen dollars on Amazon. You right? can make a medium roast and a dark roast side by side and right. serve people what they wanted. Right. If you're even a little bit curious and you've got a spare sixteen dollars, pick one up on Amazon and and give it a shot. Um, I I know that that we've we've uh, uh, often talked about the French press and and I think for basic introduction to, to specialty coffee. I think the French press is the way to go because it, it's so simple and it's self-contained. You don't have to buy any filters for it or anything. It, it It's all in one machine. You don't have to get into too much um, weighing and, and measurements and other things like that. You can, you can basically make the same amount of coffee each day just by eyeballing it with the French press. Uh, the V60 is a little bit more finicky. You're going to, you would, you would want to get a scale. You'd want to use um, the, the right measurements and, and, the, and the right ratios, but but still, it's it's it, once you use it a couple times, it's pretty super simple. And I, I actually now prefer it to the French press because it is so much easier. Because when you're done, you pull the you pull the paper filter out, throw it in the trash, rinse everything, and you're done. You don't have to you don't have to find a way to get rid of the grounds. They just go right in the trash can. Hmm. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, which is Thrasher Coffee. Thrasher is a small town coffee roaster out of North Georgia. They specialize in freshly roasted whole bean coffees available that are made to order and delivered straight to your doorstep. Thrasher Coffee is my go-to coffee roaster because of the quality. It's just unparalleled. All you need is a steady source of very delicious roasts, and they'll set you up with that. In just a few clicks at thrashercoffee.com, you get your favorite roasts by the pound and shipped to you at its peak freshness. You have all the options you need to find the amount and freshness of delivery that suits your brewing ritual. 
They can send you coffee by the pound every two or four weeks. And premium online Thrasher coffee does not come at the premium price of other craft roasters. All their coffee roasts are $17.99 plus $5 shipping on the total order with a coffee plan. And unlike most small batch roasters coffee by the bag, Thrasher always gives you a true 16-ounce pound of coffee rather than the so-called 12-ounce pound that you get from other craft roasters. That's 25% more beans with every buck. And if you sign up now with a membership, then you will be given a free French press or what we call the Liberty Press around here. This is Eric's former favorite coffee press, favorite, you know, coffee maker. And, uh, and if you'd like to know what we make of it, you can check that out on another episode of Top Brew. We'll have a link in the show notes this week so that you can quickly find that episode and learn more about the French press. Thresher always treats you like the beautiful coffee drinker that you are. And Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. Top Brew, all one word. So my thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting Top Brew, which is our podcast and the website. So I'm really surprised you're breaking this news to me today, Eric, that the French press is no longer your favorite coffee maker. It's actually the Hario V60. And this makes some sense, like in the evolution of your experiences, that the French press is ultimately more fiddly. It takes a lot more to clean it. And because it has glass components and there is the wire mesh, you want to wash it a little bit more often. And it's been, it takes more time to wash it, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with that, the wire part, the filter. It just proves that you don't listen to me when I talk, Joe. Well, uh, I I listen to you a lot. It just goes in one ear and out the other. That's why (laughs) podcasts work so well on me. I I forget things. Like, huh? What? What did he say? Uh, I'll just, I'll just go with what I think I know. Um, (laughs) No, it it, it is. I, I mean, I would, if... Again, I would recommend to anybody who who just wants to to get in to begin hand brewing, and and that's why we that's why we throw a, a French press in with with uh, with new first time orders because that that's the easiest way to do it. That's the easiest introduction. It it, it may seem to be like a pain when if if you're used to electric trip coffee or or uh, you know pushing the button at the at the uh, at the quick trip or whatever you or wherever you get your gas station or wherever you get your coffee, it is a little bit more um, work in, intensive, um, but it's it's all there. You don't have to buy any other. Any well, the other quality things. you get from the brew is so good. It you is. don't have to worry about the additional labor. It is. It, the, it's uh, worth it. The V60 is going to be a little bit cleaner, you know, the, because there is a paper filter there. You're not going to get the sediment that you would get from the from the French press, and uh, it's and like I was saying earlier, I would I would call this the the utilitarian equivalent of the Chemex. Like yeah. you you pointed out, they're very much the same thing. Right. But uh, the Chemex looks beautiful. It, it looks like a decorative ornament in the kitchen. You show it off to your friends because it looks old fashioned. It looks nostalgic. Whereas this looks very you know much more like a utility tool yeah. in the kitchen. And so because it's so straightforward, like lab equipment, it just it's super super practical, mm-hmm. and it, everything about it is thinking about the practical of the thing yeah. so it's easier to wash it, it, it has uh, separate uh, components so you can use the dripper on multiple mugs and multiple right. carafes and like we what we mentioned about one of the things we like about the aeropress is is it, it's very small it's got a very very narrow footprint it doesn't take up a whole lot of space so you put this in your in your cupboard it takes up about the same the same space as a as a mug would you know kind of a large mug so it's it's not it's not something you got to sit on your counter or or keep out. You just you just get it out when you need it and then put it away when you're done. So what you need with a Hario in order to well the V60 I should say to get the job done is you need paper filters, you need the cone dripper. You don't have to have the glass server, but that's pretty nice because they just go well together. Mm-hmm. 
And then you need the scales, the uh, measuring scales. And why is that, Eric? Uh, again, again, you don't you don't need the scale. But don't you need the scale? I mean, like, how would you make the brew recipes without the scale? With Just the like you, with the French press, you can eyeball it. If if you have a general idea of okay, this is this is how full I make the filter each morning, and then this is about how much water I put in. It's if if you're doing the same thing every day, you 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 can do it without without weighing. First of all, you know, after you get a French press, I, th- I think the the second thing that you should buy for your for your coffee, uh, your craft coffee habit is a scale, mainly because it it takes all guesswork out of it. You you know you're getting the ratio right. You know you're like with the recipe we made with the V60 today, we used 30 grams of medium fine ground coffee in the filter, and then 450 grams of water. So 30 grams of coffee, 450 grams of water. With a scale, you can hit that every time. Some sometimes maybe your grind isn't exactly like it was yesterday. Different coffee doesn't doesn't grind up all the same ways. So it's gonna it's gonna go through the water is gonna go through the, the the grounds faster or slower. So just because you you pour water in enough to take your V60 to the top and you think you're done, well you may have put an ounce or two more water in than you did yesterday because it just happened because the water was going through faster on that day. Um, the way I make my wife's coffee in her ceramic dripper is, is basically eyeballing it yeah. because I found that that, that just suits her taste. Like yeah. I, I kind of figured out what the right eyeball ratio was and yeah, then I stuck to it. It's not rocket. You don't have to overthink everything. You, you, I, I mean, you can, you can just make coffee. That's, that's fine. You can do that. But if you, if you want consistent coffee, if you want to be able to, to, um, buy a couple bags of coffee or even even taste a bag of coffee over the course of a week you know how does this how does this coffee change as it as it starts to age do you know that the only variable you're changing from day to day is the coffee not not the amount of water you use not the uh, not the grind or not any of that other that other stuff right and when you have multiple bags of fresh coffee to work with and you're experimenting uh, like we've encountered at times past together Eric that you could refine your brewing ritual. You could re- refine it down to a specific amount of grams of gr- um, coffee and, and grams of water, steeping times, and you know you only let the French press go for four minutes, and then you you let it cool for two minutes and stuff like that. And it can make a world of difference. And that's usually where a good brewing recipe is formulated. Is because someone who is a craft coffee culture enthusiast has sat down with some really remarkable beans and knows that he doesn't have to worry about. That component because these are super fresh, and then now he's just going to uh, you know over engineer his recipe so he gets it down to a, something of a science, so that he can create a really consistent cup of coffee. He knows where the flavor profile results that he wants, and then he knows. Okay, now I have a brewing recipe that just works for me, and yeah, that's and how there are dozens of these for every kind of coffee dripper and press out there. That's the key word there, recipe. I know it's just water and coffee, but it is a recipe. It's someone's preference. And if you, if you're gonna if you're gonna teach somebody how to bake, you know, how to make your special chocolate cake, you're not just gonna say, well, you know, fill this up to this to this, uh, you know, mound this a little bit, use this, you know, take a pinch of this and throw it. Well, you're gonna try and give them measurements so that they can they can replicate what you did. If you're if you're just eyeballing everything, it might be close, but it's not gonna be your cake. Your cake takes this 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 and this. You may you may just throw everything in there. You may know how to eyeball everything. But but to the person who's making it for the first time, they need precise. What is a pinch? I don't I don't know what that is. You know what does a pinch look like? Um, so that's what 
you know, weighing everything does. It, it, it gives you precise measurements of your of your two main ingre- of your two only ingredients, your water and your coffee. You just made me think about this. Uh, do we need to talk about coffee cake sometime? Yeah. Okay. And coffee ice cream, blueberry coffee cake, and coffee ice cream. Sure. I'm I'm not a big fan of of coffee ice cream. Yeah, me neither. Uh, any, any, anything enough. that says Java, cappuccino, mocha. I've even seen something that said latte on it, and any of them I've tried, I'm kind of like meh. Yeah, it 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 seems a little bit too fabricated for me. Um, like but, I'd rather have a cup of coffee with a bowl of ice cream. Right, right. That's that's how, that's how I make coffee ice cream. I I make it in my mouth. Coffee cake. So what well, I would, coffee cake. That's a different. That's a completely different category. You that's know something what I, we definitely need to talk about. Something that maybe we should try is like a coffee cake with uh, vanilla ice cream on top, and just a, a drizzle a little bit of freshly brewed coffee on top of that. Hmm. We might we might have a new recipe going on here. We might. And speaking of recipe, there's a new article on Thrasher.com for cold brewed coffee. Really? Cold pressed coffee. If you're interested at all in making making uh, some cold pressed coffee this summer, and I recommend you do. There's a, there's a recipe on the on the uh, most current blog post on ThrasherCoffee.com. Okay. I'll make sure that there's a link in the notes. Thanks. So anyway, back to the Hario. I want to get to the dislikes and then our personal take on the thing. I would just have to agree with you, Eric, that this is a fine piece of equipment. And in every way, I recommend that if you just enjoy coffee culture, then try out the French press, the Chemex, the AeroPress. Yeah, they all have their their pluses and minuses. They all have their advantages and their disadvantages. And and you're going to find that one of them or two of them suits your personal tastes. Right, right. You'll find one that, that, like, I think the AeroPress is just a, 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 a... waste of my time it, it just because i because i haven't taken the time to integrate it into my ritual um but the v60 it when i first got it i thought well I'll, yeah I'll, I'll use this once in a while well within a week i was using it every day um so yeah, but part it, of it, just, it is that it's just so easy it. to use right it really is just so easy to use and as a metaphor to like a, re- a relationship to the electric drip it's something that feels incredibly familial to me yeah Whereas even now, though I've used the AeroPress every day for about two years, it still doesn't feel, it feels more like a novelty, which is not a bad thing. Novelty is good, but it doesn't feel like it's natural. Nothing else like it in the kitchen. Like, I mean, the thing looks like a toy. So that's interesting to hear you say that. When I watch you use the AeroPress, it it looks like an extension of your hand. It looks like something that you're, you're very comfortable with. Yeah, I am I'm very comfortable with it. You know, kind of like you, you you would expect to see from a soda jerk at a very yeah. old fashioned you know diner. Somebody at the counter, he was just like whipping around the, the you know his tools of the trade yeah. behind the counter, or, or the bartender. You know, just I the especially bartender. like when you take Poof. the presser and 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 twirl it around in your hand, <laughs> like a lightsaber nice hilt. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> If I had a blade coming out of that, I'd, I'd have just like sliced up the kitchen. Yeah, yeah you'd be all alone in this house. Uh, but now getting into uh, some minor quibbles about the V60, I would say, first of all, I'll just hate the naming conventions that Hario has for their products. Th- this is really uh, sticks out like a sore thumb when you look up the V60, because if you're just a beginner looking at these things for the first time, you might assume, well, there must be a V30 and there might be a V10 as well and a V600. But no, there really isn't. No, but but there are differences. So there's the 01, the 02, and the 04, I think. Oh, but it gets even worse than that. So I, I visited Hario's website, which is hario.jp. You can see that they they have a very focused collection of products, so it's it's relatively easy to get uh, to dive deep into what they have to offer. Uh, so they have 
a collection of different kinds of paper filters and a collection of different kinds of V60s. So you can get ones that are clear plastic. You can get ones that are white ceramic. You can get ones that are black metal and silver metal. But they have names, Eric, that threw me for a loop. Like the VD-02W is the plastic white (laughs) V60. And it doesn't even say that it's the V60 here, but that's easily what it is. And that's what's pictured here. Then you the next one in line. Yeah, the, the, the red ceramic one, it's called the VDC-01R. What, what, what? Where did that name come from? I really don't know. And I just feel like they could do something better with all their naming conventionality. And if I wanted to refer to someone to the VDG-01R, I'd have to stop and describe the product to them because they have no worthy idea that what that means is I'm talking about a translucent dripper that's situated on a solid red base plate in a ro- with a red plastic handle. Yeah, well, you're, you're also going to the factory site. I mean, I mean, I suspect if you went to Pyrex's site and looked at their products, they would have similar weird naming conventions as well. But when you go to, say, Kohl's or you go to a, you go to a, um, a or department Amazon. store, Com. they would have different, they would have actual names for them. I don't, I don't know that it's, that, that we can necessarily uh, fault Hario for that because that's that's just that's just their internal naming convention I guess to their company and I agree it's like I said it's just a minor quibble it just it's a an annoyance like yeah. Chemex has such a ring to it Aeropress trademark registered you know yeah. copyright patented whatever it, it's a uh, it's got a great name to it it's got a good ring to it and so I think that that's more inviting to to beginners it is but but despite that I mean within within the coffee culture world if you say v60 it's 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 not like people look at you uh, with a blank stare they know what it is you know so even yeah even, at this point it's well established yeah. like their coffee house uptown revs coffee uh, they have the v60 on the counter mm-hmm. and so if I just you know said hey uh, give me one of those you know they, they'd be able to brew me up real right. fast. Another dislike is that it, there are very specific kinds of paper filters that are Hario paper filters. You could probably use another paper filter you pick up at the store, grocery store in town, just to, to, to get by. But you have to think about the cone shape very specifically. You're better off if you get a Hario paper filter that fits you the are, cone correctly. Because this is this is really a cone. Often they'll be... I mean, they're cone shaped, but they're also, they've got like an inch or two of, of flat on the bottom. They're more like a, uh, I'm, I don't know what I'm, how to describe it, but it, it doesn't come to a point. It comes to a point, but then, but then that, that point is about an inch and a half long. With the V60, it's, the point is a point. There's no length to it at all. It, it, it is a true cone. And I think that also helps whatever's coming out of the point. That's, that's where the drip is coming from, not, not from, from various places. And then, falling down a little reservoir and going through a hole into the, the pouring reservoir. Right. I think that people get it because n- all these different drippers have different contours. And you realize as long as the paper filter matches the same contours, then you're in a good place. Yeah, it's a, but it's it's a true cone. And, and the, the filters are pretty cheap. Uh, again, you can get the filters. Oh, on yeah. The See, that's not for, a problem. You just yeah. got to make sure you do get the right ones. You, you got to make sure you get the right ones and make sure you have enough of them that, that you know, if because if you run out of the filters, you're kind of, there's not much you can do with it. It's not like you can... Uh, I guess you could maybe throw paper towels in there or something if you needed to do it in a pinch, but I've never, I've never tried. I've always used the filters. You know, I would think that paper towels should work, but I'd be worried that the bottom would just give out when it would get saturated with water and the weight of the grounds, you know, unless you had some really stable paper Unless towels. you use Bounty. Oh, dear. The king of paper towels. You know, if you're going to talk about them, then they got to be a sponsor of the show. Uh, I'll work on that. Thank you. 
Uh, that really wraps up all the dislikes. So in summary, I would just say that I would recommend this to anyone if you're just getting into craft coffee and you wanted to fiddle around in the kitchen, but you're uh, intimidated by the odd looks of the AeroPress and you know that the French press just looks big, big and bad and it may be clunky to you. I mean, hey, a French press, a coffee press is very traditional and it, it's definitely elegant in its own right. But you know from start to finish of using the thing, it's uh, clunkier than, say, the V60. It's just super basic. It's it's a bit more intuitive. And so I would recommend it on those grounds. And then the quality of the brew, hey, it tastes great. You mm-hmm. don't end up with the sediment at the bottom. And uh, the temperature is not too hot, not too cold for sure. It maybe doesn't hold its temperature as well as the Chemex because the Chemex glass is thicker. But uh, that's a moot point. If you got to reheat the thing, if you got to reheat your coffee, then maybe you're not drinking your coffee right. Or just don't make as much. Yeah, just just make enough. Because that's a, that's another nice thing about the V60 is you can you can make um, multiple sizes. You don't. You, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to fill the pot. You don't have to fill your cup. You, you can you can make. Um, you, you could fill it with halfway with with grounds and and, and make enough for make enough for three people or you could just just fill it put like maybe 20 grams of, of coffee grounds in there and, and and make enough for one cup for you so so what you're pointing out too is another one of the pluses is that this gives you the ultimate flexibility because you could use it over a coffee mug or over a server right yep so um yeah any other thoughts no i, I don't think so uh i just i you really use it do. every day now do I you do. use it at home and at the office no i just use it at the office at 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 home, we have the French press. Now, why do you think that is? Like, if you just went out and bought the thing, do you think that you would end up using it at home as much as you would use the French press or even more? I probably would. If we, if I had one at home, I, I would definitely use it. But um, the coffee that I bring home is is typically dark roast, which is, is what, my, what my wife likes. Um, and I think the French press works better with the darker coffees because you do get the oils. You do get, you do get the full flavor of um, using the immersion, the immersion, um, brewing of the, of the French press. I think the dark roasted coffee comes through better in, in the French press. It, it doesn't, it doesn't taste quite as full bodied through the, through the V60. Interesting. But, but because most of the, the, um, when I'm, when I'm test roasting coffees, I'm usually doing a medium to, um, a slight medium dark roast on them. Um, so I, I'll run them through the V60 because it, it, it does better. I think with the, with the lower roasted coffees, with the medium and the medium darks. Well, there you have it from us guys. If you want to try out the Hario V60 or you want to give us your thoughts about the V60, then be sure to fire them our way. Uh, I would like to hear what you're using and why. And if you have a problem with the V60, I'd like to know more about that too. We'll bring it up in a future episode and follow up. I hope you've enjoyed episode 24 of Top Brew. If you want to follow us, follow us on Twitter at Top Brew FM. And if you want to find us on Facebook, we're there as well at Top Brew FM. And if you're interested in reading some coffee tips and interviews and reviews as well, we have those at topbrew.fm and at thrashercoffee.com where you can read things from Eric Rauch. And we would love to hear more from our listeners in general. So if you want to drop us a review on iTunes, that'd be great. I know that we talk about this a lot, but it really does help out the show. And I want to remind you that this episode's sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. So go there and use the coupon code TOPRUE. All one word at checkout to get 25% off of your order. And that keeps the lights on at toprew.fm. I am Joe Darnell, and you've been listening to the Top Brew Podcast. Podcast.